Hello and welcome to this episode of the Act for Change podcast series. My name is Martha and I'm here with Matthew and Naomi and we are young leaders in BoyPIC. BoyPIC, which stands for Voice of Young People in Care, is the charity for children and young people with lived experience of care in Northern Ireland. The organisation was created in 1993 by a group of young people and professionals. BoyPIC's role is to promote the rights of the voice of children and young people in care and care leavers. Our vision is that every young person in care has a safe and stable and positive experience of care and are involved in the decisions about their lives. As I said before, my name is Martha and I'm 24 years old. I grew up in kinship care from 2003 until 2015 before I moved into supported living. I'm currently studying my social work degree in university. I'm now going to pass you on to Matthew. Hello, my name is Matthew. I'm 20 years old. I've been in kinship care for over 10 plus years and I've been a young leader for VoIPIC for over three. I've achieved so much from education with six GCSEs and I also have qualifications in game development, web design, photography and animal care. Thank you, Matthew. And here is Naomi. Hello, my name is Naomi and I'm 17. I've been living with my foster family for about 12 years now and I've been involved with VoIPIC for about six years and I'm currently in school completing my A-levels. We are challenging the assumption that young people in care don't do well in school so they end up spending their life on benefits and we want to explore that stereotype with a guest but first let's find out where we all stand. How was high school for you, Matthew? For me, secondary school was a bit mix and match. Some obviously some bad steps obviously taking place, but also gained a lot out of it as well. And anything that did go wrong didn't really seem to change the my education. I still walked away from secondary school with more than the amount of the statistics and GCSEs young people would have, and I'm still continuing on. Um, what about you, Martha? Yeah, high school was um, interesting to me because like once people found out that I was care experienced, it was um, I was labelled as the care experienced girl. So people didn't really expect much from me. Um, I was bullied by pupils and then babied by the teachers and then being called teacher's pet. But um, I still came out with seven GCSEs and two A-levels, which kind of helped me keep my mind right and uh, prove to people that I can do it. Um, What about after school, Martha? What did you do? Yeah, uh, so after school, I went on to do two HNCs, health and social care and social community work and now I'm currently studying social work degree in university. And Matthew what did you do? After secondary school I went on to further education and I ended up doing three level two courses. When I moved on to further education it changed completely. I realised less people didn't really care where it came from. They're more concerned with who I was and if it was genuinely just an age person. I had a completely different experience whenever I moved from secondary to higher education it was more people were shocked to find out um that I was care experienced because they must have had an assumption of what somebody who was care experienced looked like or didn't have as high as an education as I did especially not doing a social work degree they're like well why are you doing it if you're care experienced it's like I just think like why can't I do a degree that yes 
social workers have been involved in my life, but I want to also do that career. Why should my experience stop me? My experience has been normal because I haven't told it. I don't tell anyone that I'm in care because I don't want them to treat me different. But the people that know, like the teachers that knew, sort of treated me a wee bit different because they're more lenient with me. So if I had like, if I need an extension and something, they'd give me that extension. But because I was in care, but if I wasn't, then probably not. So you both have done well in school, but do you think young people in care don't do well at school as other young people? What do you think about this, Martha? For me, I know it's statistically proven that um, young people don't do as well in school. For me, I don't think people realise what um, affects that in young people. Like they could be moving from different schools, different homes, and that obviously going to interfere with their education Um, having to make new friends build better relationships with different teachers and trying to catch up on the work that's being taught in that school yeah I just think people need to educate themselves under instead of blaming the children they need to understand why they're falling behind. Matthew what do you think? Statistically speaking it is true that young people would do as good as Others who are non-care experience going through secondary school would. However, there would be certain reasons behind why care experienced young person might not do as well or get as much out of education as anyone else. And that can come down to say they're not living in a normal household with their father or their parents. They're living in a care home and there's fights every night and they don't have time to sit down and study. It's not a quiet environment. Um, family drama could have some family issues that really playing up in their mind, probably making them feel down. They don't feel confident going into school the next day. They forgot to do their homework. And then going in on top of that, their teacher's going to sit and scream and shout at them about not doing the homework, saying, oh, they don't do anything, they're useless. And that's just an even bigger effect on that young person's mental health. I think when you look at it, if a young person comes out with one or two GCSEs, obviously some form of accomplishment. They've obviously achieved something there. Uh, here in, in the North Ireland, it's you don't need any GCSEs, any secondary education to like, become a firefighter or anything. Because you can go down like a fire station, apply for a job, and they'll give you like, a firefighting exam you can take to get your qualifications to become a firefighter. And growing up, you're always told that like you need seven GCSEs to become a bin man. You need eight GCSEs to be a firefighter. And you, you generally don't. <laughs> so some people say it's because young people in care are lazy and see us as troublemakers, which is why they might not do as well in school. But what do you say to these people, Martha? Um, I think people need to understand that it's not laziness all the time or that we're not troublemakers. Um, like a lot of young people do go through a lot of trauma before and during care. So um, education might not be the first thing that's on their mind in the morning. They obviously have other things that they need to worry about. And what do you say, Matthew? I agree with Martha. I really don't think it is laziness all the time. Like I said earlier, it can come down to mental health with depression, anxiety, stress. Um, Matthew, do you think teachers know how to support young people in care? Personally, I do not. I believe teachers need more training from organisations like VoIPIC 
to help them understand what a young person would go through on a daily basis, whether they're in a care home or they're in catch-up care, foster care. We pamphlets like all schools could get. Not only would they know how to approach someone, they'd be feeling down or not listening in class, but they would know how to support them like, later on down the line as well. Yeah, definitely. I don't really think teachers understand how real the, the emotion from young people in care um, go through, but uh, I feel that they know how to handle your emotion, just not understand your experience or any experience that any young person is going through. So it would really help if schools and the people who work in schools knew some more about what life is like in care. There are hundreds of schools across the north of Ireland and then there are further education colleges and universities too. How important is it for staff in school to be trained in and be aware of issues related to care? Earlier I spoke to Dr Bruna McKee from Strand Mullis University College at your training college in Belfast about her experience of training teachers and being aware of care. Hi Bruna, welcome to the podcast. Can you start by telling us a little about the work you've been doing at Strand Millis and the care awareness training for student teachers? Okay, thanks Naomi. Um, yes, we've been doing quite a bit since we uh, were awarded the Battle Quality Mark Award in 2014. And the, I suppose the two main elements that I would have been responsible for at that time as the named person for um, care leaver students at Strand Millis was to raise awareness of the factors associated with children and young people in care amongst our student teachers, but also to provide the extra financial and pastoral supports for any students who actually uh, ticked the box on the UCAS form and then subsequently got into Stranmillis and they had extra supports available to them. Within that, we look at uh, vulnerable groups and thereby also care experienced children and young people. And that's over sort of the last decade, it has evolved and it has developed. And we feel we are covering a really good bit, but we're also very, very open uh, to develop that even further, especially from yourselves. When we hear your voices, we, we need to know that and we need to know where are the gaps and what can we do to fill those gaps. Thank you, Bruna. Can you tell us about the sessions you have delivered around Carday this year, back in February? Yes, the, it was very different this year. It was um, interesting because we did manage to get access to the CME, uh, the video clips, uh, the multimedia resource, and we decided to integrate that into part of the seminar. So what we did was I delivered the gold standard lecture. Um, of course, it's all online this year. Um, you know, some of the factors associated with why children and young people might end up in care, the different care forms and the different uh, types of care, and of course, the impact of being in care, um, but also about the teacher's role in supporting children and young people in care. Uh, we then did a gen generic um, survey to get some feedback on the students' views on taking part in that lecture and seminar. And uh, I have to say, personally, my mind was just blown away at the comments. They were saying it was absolutely fantastic. They found it very impactful, was, was a word that cropped up a lot from the students. Shocking, uh, needed. So it was that mixture of the realisation that, you know, we, as student teachers, we think we know. Uh, you know, what the children and young people are, are living with and experiencing, but really we don't always know what's going on outside of the school gates. 
Why do you think it's important for trainee teachers to have this training and should teachers and schools get this training too? Gosh, that's a really good question. Um, I think probably in me and a lot of why I think it's important for student teachers is because I am an actual former foster carer myself with teenagers. And at the time I went through the assessment, I was working in the social work team and nobody wanted the teenagers. And that was just a standard statement that would have been bandied about in the office. And it was a terrible thing to say and it was a terrible thing to hear. And I thought, right, well, I'm going to go through the assessment process and I'll do a a wee bit. You know, I'll have a young person for a weekend or for a night. And I ended up doing it for a very long time. I can't remember how many had total, about 40 odd young teenagers, not all at the same time, of course. Um, mostly it was for respite or short term or over a weekend and, um, you know, to prevent some breakdown in families or if they were living in a residential to, you know, to try and prevent any real significant issues from emerging. Um, and I have to say, every single one of those young people that stayed with me um, had something to say about their teacher. I, it just it really stuck with me. It really struck and um, of course, I've been in Stranmillis now. I'll be starting my, my 20th year, this incoming academic year. Um, it's hard to believe. And it's just always stayed with me. And I thought teachers really need to know what's going on because I, I, I want them to keep the, the sort of the aspirations up. That's really positive. Finally, what do you hope the impact of the work you're doing is going to be for the children and young people in care? I I just hope that these student teachers will always remember this. I know as the years go on and it's easy to forget what you learned in your initial teacher education. And I suppose also we have to remember it is initial teacher education and that when they qualify and they're in schools, they are continuing to develop professionally. That's probably one of the reasons why I think they still need to have this awareness raising um, when they're in professional practice because what I would really really hope for is that they will see the children in front of them as the children and young people in front of them and they will be a human first and a teacher second and that they must build those relationships and connections and they must always keep the bar you know raise it high don't, don't lower standards just because there's a child or young person sitting in front of them who's care experience. They have to keep those aspirations high so that they can help them succeed because they can and they will. And you know yourself that they can and they will. But again, with the right support from the right people at the right time. And teachers have access to more children and young people outside the main caregiver than any other professional group, which is putting them in an excellent position within the realms of education. Thank you, Dr. Rona McKay, for speaking to us. We are now joined by Brenda Kilpatrick and Joe Irvine, who both work at Boypick. Brenda is the membership project worker for the My Boypick scheme, which is funded by Act for Change. And Joe is the participation development worker and has been supporting us with this podcast. Thank you, Martha. Um, yeah, I'm Brenda. Um, I am a care experience adult. I was in foster care from the age of eight months. Um, I stayed with my foster family, the one foster family throughout all of that time. And I then availed of leaving an aftercare services because I continued on in education and continued to live with my foster family and still um, consider my foster family my family today. And Joe, can you tell us about your experience? Um, yeah, 
Um, so I went into residential care when I was approximately 11, 12 years old, um, and then um, kingship care. But when I um, left care, it was before the care order came in, or the Leaving Care Act came into play. So there really wasn't as much support for leaving care. So I left care at 16. And Joe, what about your journey in education? How, how was high school for you? Um, in terms of education, actually, um, my car experience did have a negative impact on my education because I left school in third year. Um, one, because the school didn't know how to deal with someone who was in care. And two, because the issues and the reasons why I came into care um, were kind of the hardest thing to deal with. So education just wasn't important to me at that time. So it wasn't, so I then, um, in third year, was no longer attending school. So basically what happened to me is after I stopped uh, attending, I, um, there was nothing really put in place for me, if I'm very truthful, it just kind of happened. Um, then I I suppose I got involved in um, VoIPEC, and VoIPEC were kind of keen to support young people with their education, so they really supported me to do different bits and pieces, um, so getting OCNs and things like that there. They understood the importance of an education, but they also understood that at the time when I was doing my education, it wasn't the most important thing in my life. So they really supported me later on um, as I got older to get my education. So I now, with this, their support and the support of my family, I managed to then go back and get GCSEs and then went to uh, university and now I have a degree. But again, it was only because of the support that I had been afforded. If I hadn't had that, I don't know where I would be today, actually. And Brenda, was it the same for you? And what did you do after school? My experience of school was very, very different to Joe's experience. My experience was very positive and very supported by my family, my foster family and my parents. Um, I went to primary school, then went on to a grammar school, um, left from school with GCSEs, A-levels and continued on to do a degree in politics. I think the main difference and the main reason was that I continually had the support for me. I lived at home. I was very safe. I was very secure. I was very supported. Uh, my mum and dad were great advocates for an education after supporting me throughout my education. Um, and I knew that they, you know, they were there and they were, although I did have social services involvement throughout my car experience, it, it was very much seen by me and seen by my parents that I was at home and my support and came from my family. What do you think makes the difference for young people in care, helping them to stay in education and getting into work? I think the, the difference that was made for me and the, the thing that helped me stay in education is that I felt very safe and I felt very secure. I knew that I was safe to fail. I felt very supported and I knew that my parents were there to advocate for me on my behalf, my foster carers were there to make sure that I did feel supported and that I felt secure and safe and that I knew that I had them, I had them there as parents in my corner. Um, I think that's something that might be a very different different experience for Joe, if you want to talk to what you think the difference. I think for me, it was the support afterwards. It was the acceptance that you know, it wasn't my choice that I didn't continue with my education. Do you know, I actually was quite a smart person and um, 
I, I did excel in school. It was um, choices that others made that led me to the situation that I was in. And because of that, it was no longer important. So, you know, having that belief and that supporting me and, and pushing me along. Um, I think one of the really good things for me is part of when I worked with Voipac and when I started working with Voipac, um, part of my contract was that I had to do education. That for me really gave me the boost, you know, that they, they believed in me enough, not only to give me a job, but to support me with the education and help me build a life for myself. And I suppose when my son came along, I wanted to be more than a statistic and I wanted to be better for him. And I wanted him to see that just because I had a car experience, it didn't set my life out. You know, I could change and I could make what I wanted. And then because of that, that's where I am today. Joe and Brenda are both car experienced members of staff and Voipick. Why do you think it is important for the organisation to have car experienced staff? I think it, part of the reason is um, is because we have an understanding of what it can feel like. And as you can see, me and um, Brenda, we come from completely different backgrounds, but we both have an experience of what it's like. And we understand, there's just, just an understanding that you don't even have to talk about it. You know, when the young people um, know that you have an, a, a care experience. There is something about that they know that you aren't judging them, that you aren't thinking, and they know what you've been through. I agree. I think there is an element of just having a shared experience of all knowing that you have a lived experience of care. Something that I think, and I agree, Joe, you know, we have very different experiences and uh, the young people that we work with have all different experiences same as everybody from every background has a different experience but whenever you bring in the car element I think it's really good for people to know whenever you have a lived experience of car unfortunately there's a lot of I suppose adults speak words and terminology that people your own age when you're in school and when you're not don't know don't understand and don't use and I think knowing I think not having to explain yourself and I think it's a real it's a real benefit and something that's really important um I think within Voipic you know to keep and retain um some young people with a lived experience of care within the organization because I think it really helps drive home that we are the voice of young people in care and there are people we very much support the young people and are there to work with the young people um on bringing their voice forward there's also something about as well for the young people to be able to see that just because of their experience it doesn't have to map out their life you know they can see that I don't like the word role model but they can use that and they can see as a role model and say well look if they've managed to achieve that then why can't I it can show them the other side of it you know because I think it's important to recognize that the media portray a very negative view of young people that have a career experience I mean if you were to go on to the media you don't really see that many positive stories so by the young people actually seeing it on a day-to-day basis it can't show them that they, they don't have to be that statistic they can be better than that for me it's very much I had a really really positive experience and I would love for every child who has to come into the car system to have an experience as positive as mine and working in an organisation like Voipic and have working with the young people, they get to see that you can go on and you can make a difference um, to young people in care as a care experience adult. And finally, Brenda, can you tell us about my Voipic? So what it's all about and how do we join? Yeah, uh, thank you, Martha. So my Voipic is um, a membership scheme um, within Voipic that 
uh, its aim is to unite the car experience community across Northern Ireland and to give them a voice and to let them have their say on things that affect them and their car experience. Um, you can go to myvoipick.org and you will find out more information about the scheme there and you can click to join and sign up there. Currently, um, to join, we ask that you're under 25 and either from Northern Ireland or currently live in Northern Ireland with a lived experience of car. Thank you, Joe and Brenda, for coming on sharing your experience and education so openly. Thank you very much, Naomi, for inviting us on. Yeah, thank you very much. It was great to be here. I find that really interesting hearing two different stories, yet somehow like you can kind of relate to some of them. Like I can really relate to Brenda's story, but at the same time, I did struggle with my education. It did take me longer to get my degree, and I did. I moved around schools. Um, I don't know how it was for you, Naomi. And I think for me as well, um, I had more support from social services than I did my uh, kinship family. Um, like they helped me get like tutors and stuff to help me um, achieve my GCSEs and stuff. But for others, they don't get that opportunity. I don't know if it is the same for all types of care, but I know in kinship and foster care, the foster and achievement and foster network to get supplies and stuff for education to help us. I think people are still quite shocked at the level of education that I have, um, just from being care experienced alone. I did. I have had a few people saying, like, how did you do it? Um, your care experience, like, that's not expected of you. But what are you trying to do? Are you trying to prove a point? And yes, I am trying to prove a point that it is possible. We've mentioned this before throughout the podcast. The statistics show us that young people in care generally do not do as well as in school as their non-care experience peers. But statistics are blunt instruments and they only give us a part of the story. They also set a narrow definition of what achievement means. Can we say that a young person who has lots of disruption in their lives, perhaps been moved between four or five schools, lived with many different foster families and had numerous crises and then achieved two GCSEs, has failed in education. Remember, as we heard in the video, young people in care have the same hopes and dreams as everyone else. Think about how your words, your assumptions might make impact, not just how others see young people, but how they might make us see ourselves. Thank you to everyone who's taken part in this podcast. This has been a podcast made by Boypick for Act for Change Together. For more information about Boypick, visit www.boypick.org or search for us on social media.